Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Guys, I've had quite a few guests on my show that talk about addiction. Um, I've had Smith Alley, I've had Ashley Ayer, and they've both talked about the addictions that they have struggled with personally. But something we don't hear often is the perspective of the loved ones going through those addictions. The wives, the husbands, the loved ones, the children. And so today, uh, my guest is Tony Ludlow, who is a wife of a recovering addict. And we get to see a point of view that we don't get to see very often. So listen up. But first, got to pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. So I'm very grateful for my guest today. Uh, Tony Ludlow is a mom of three, child advocate and advocate for everybody in this crazy tech world and a wife to a strong recovering addict. She shares her stories and experiences being affected by addiction and has offered so much hope to so many people. Thank you so much, Tony, for coming to the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, first off, how the heck are you? Oh, we are. Every time somebody asks me that, I just say we are surviving. <laughs> and Fair. that's really the best I can offer right now. <laughs> Fair. Fair. That is fair. Yes. Man, and where are you coming at us from? We are actually um, in Reno, Nevada. My husband's born and raised here. Um, yeah, we moved here two weeks after we had my first daughter, and we can never leave Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I'm just here in Twilly, Utah. So we're kind of both in the desert. You're a little yes. bit more than me, but <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. We drive past Twila quite often going out to Salt Lake and things. So yeah, where you're at? Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my home. That's your spot. <laughs> yep. So so let's dive a little bit into your story. Oftentimes we hear a lot about people who struggle with addiction. Um, several people have been on my show, like teenagers like Ashley Iyer and Smith Alley, mm-hmm. um, who you are kind of his social media person. Shout out Smith. Hey, what's I'm up? His, I'm his other mama. I'm part of his mom tourage. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we don't often get to hear from those who are affected by addiction, loved ones, wives, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, that's, that's, that, that is what I am most excited to hear that perspective, um, to try and educate people a little bit more of how, how addiction is not, not only is not just a victimless thing, of course, it's the person who's suffering with addiction, but it affects the whole family. Definitely. So, um, so from the beginning. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> so, so we'll be here a while. <laughs> yes. So, so when you and your husband first got married, were you uh-huh. aware of his addiction? Like was he in recovery or? No. Yeah. So that was actually, that's, that was a pretty tough situation because, um, I didn't, and honestly, I don't even think he realized how bad it was. Um, and it was something I found out after we were married. Um, yes, I knew like 
he would party and things as like a teenager and like a young adult and things, but um, never um, was necessarily an addict per se. Mm. Um, not that he thought he was right um, until later on in life. Gotcha. And by addiction, we're talking about pornography, right? Actually, it was all of the above. <laughs> oof, oof. Okay. He is, he is um, an alcoholic. Okay. Um, but, and I didn't, I learned about um, other things that, uh, like pornography and things that he was addicted to um, after we were married. Um, I found out lots of things throughout our marriage, our first year of marriage was probably one of the toughest years. You know, people are like, our first year of marriage is the best. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, here's our story. <laughs> um, but over the first, I would say the first few years um, of just finding things, figuring things out, um, honestly, just thinking I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. Um, because I was driving myself crazy because of the things um, that were happening. Um, and I'll back up a little bit. I, I, um, he would basically like hang out with his buddies and it was tough for him to be married. Um, yeah. And so that was, that was a tough thing for him to figure out. But yes, pornography was also involved in that and figuring that I honestly didn't even realize that that was an addiction. Um, and talking with one of our therapists that, one of the therapists that saved our marriage the first time, <laughs> um, actually really talked to me about the effects of pornography. Because I remember one day coming in and I just turned on my computer, my desktop computer, and there was pornography on. I'm like, oh my goodness. And just... I mean, as, as a wife, as a woman, um, seeing those kind, it's hurtful. It was very hurtful at the time to yeah. see this and thinking like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, you just think the worst things about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and talking with a therapist, um, he explained to me that this has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with you he is an addict and this is his, it's a free high for him. Mm -hmm. the, the amount of chemicals that are going on in his brain when he's seeing this, it's a free high for him. And this was where he was going to get that high. Man, that is, that is such a tough pill to swallow, it, especially, it especially as a newlywed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Man, yeah. that is super difficult. And so how did this evolve over time? Um, this, you know, the addiction to all of the above. Um, so he had, and I think a lot of uh, people can sort of relate to this. And I think a lot of fathers can relate to this. Um, we were married and going through ups and downs um for we didn't have our first child until we were married almost four years um and then utah we were living in utah at that time like that was like when you go have baby exactly exactly and people it's so tough because 
people had no clue what I was doing, what we were going through in our marriage, you know, when are you going to have babies? When are you going to have babies? Well, I'm not ready to bring a child into this situation yet, you know, mm-hmm. um, and going through the ups and downs of addiction and just figuring things out. Um, and I think on his side of it, he was trying to figure out, you know, he wanted to be a, a father. He wanted to be a providing husband. You know, he, I was going to school, he was going to school, but I wasn't per se, I wanted to be with my kids when eventually that happened. Um, and so I think it was just like, he had a lot of pressure um, as everybody tends to put on themselves in general, but then you throw it in with an addiction on top of that. Mm-hmm. And it was just a perfect storm. Um, and alcohol was his addiction mm-hmm. um, and his escape. Um, yeah. So that, that was, that answer your question. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're awesome. So, so did it get worse before it got better as your marriage progressed? Yes. So it, it actually went through, and I'm not going to say like, Oh, once he figured out like he was an addict and decided these things, then he stopped. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because what's interesting about his story is Um, He actually went to a treatment facility when he was, oh my gosh, he was around 15, 14, 15. Yeah. And so, and that wasn't necessarily for um, like alcohol or drugs or anything. It was more um, attitude, like the aggression his parents were seeing, like, yes, he would like party and stuff, um, but it was just trying to get a hold on this teenager. Um, And he learned a lot of the tools, like he was drinking and stuff. And at that age, they never deemed it as like an addiction. Right. right? Um, but he did go through like at when he was in this treatment program, very family oriented treatment program. Um, his family was involved. Um, he would go through like AA meetings and just the things that you go through groups and things like that. Um, so he he knew all of these things you know he um actually when he decided what he wanted to do in school that was tough he always wanted to be in the medical field but um he gravitated more towards the psych side of the nursing and the medical side of things um and he actually served a mission an um, lds mission when he came back um, he actually worked at the treatment center that he went to when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And so he's always been somewhat involved in it, mm-hmm. um, knowing things, um, knowing more about the addiction than a lot of, I would say, most addicts know about, which can be good and bad because he knows things. So he yeah. can kind of get around things too. They're very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, he, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. There's so much <laughs> of what has gone through just with his addiction and things. So, um, it definitely went in waves of, yes, it got, it would get good and then it would get bad, but it got, it got really bad to where he finally realized like, I need to do something with myself. And that when I've 
um, done a post on, on my Instagram talking about how our daughter, our oldest, she'll be 12 this year, pretty much saved his life. Mm. Um, even going through school and stuff, that was a struggle for him. Just trying, I think he put a, puts a lot of, I know he puts a lot of pressure on himself um, and wanting to do these things um, and be a good dad and which we all do, right? Um, but she really pulled him out of it. Not saying that once she was born, like it was, oh, not at all. But seeing her growing up, um, we separated a few times, um, even after she was born. So just went through lots of different things, um, having her and he didn't have her at certain points. So that was really tough on, on him. Dang. So how did you guys survive this? Man, this is like, this is like Lord of the Rings, two towers, like Sauron and Sauron. They're just coming in for the kill. If, if I knew Lord of the Rings things, like you just said, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like, how are you guys able to pull through? I mean, I know you guys, you still have your good days and bad days, like everybody does, but like how, how did things start to turn around? I mean, you mentioned how your daughter kind of saved his life. Um, was there a pivoting point where like conscious efforts were made, um, lifestyle changes happened, stuff like that? Um, yes. Let's talk a little bit about that. Definitely. So, and I think one of the hardest things about it is um, me in this whole situation of, of his addiction. Um, I remember my mother-in-law talking to me about being codependent mm -hmm. and I remember hearing that word and looking at her like why would you call me that and I was so irritated that she would call me that I had no clue what it even mean but I was offended <laughs> I don't know what that means but I don't I, like it I don't like that it does not sound good um but that I think is the biggest thing that is the toughest part is especially the spouse of an addict or, or the parent or just being involved with an addict. There are things that, and this, it's a hard pill to swallow that we do that almost put fuel onto the fire for the addict in our lives. Um, and once I figured that out, like, I mean, I was so sick myself. My husband was sick, but I was just as sick, if not more sick. I mean, I found myself diving into garbage cans looking for alcohol bottles. Like I know he's drunk. I know like, cause oh. he could hide it for say, <laughs> but I just had these where I was like, is he, isn't he like, am I crazy? Is he what, you know? And mm -hmm. once I figured out, I started going to Al-Anon meetings and I started working on myself mm. and that was the biggest thing. Honestly, he saw a change in me and was, and I can like, I can just remember the day I have three kids and it's hard to remember days, <laughs> Right. but I can remember him saying, you have just changed, like, I can just see something has changed in you. And that helped him. So it was me not trying to nag as much, not uh -huh. just, just 
what are you doing? Are you, aren't you, you know, and him trying to defend himself. What if he wasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I always say the biggest thing was me helping myself um, and getting my, my brain right because he has to fix it. I can't fix him. And that was the hardest thing. What can I do to fix him? You can't. Nothing. And that was, that was probably the hardest thing to realize. Yeah. And that's huge. Cause I think huge. a lot of people, a lot of people, spouses, loved ones, they, they, they put blame on themselves when they discover an addiction, whether it be alcohol, pornography, whether it is, mm-hmm. and they put it upon themselves to try and fix the other person when the only person that can fix them is themselves. I mean, a therapist can help them, but they got to put right. in the work and actually do it themselves. I love right. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that you've had the experiences that you've had, now that you've had the ups and downs and continue to have the ups and downs of, you know, having a loved one who's struggled with addiction, um, what are some of the things you wish people understood when it comes to addiction? Um, I think, honestly, I think that part of it, figuring out you can't fix it. I think that is the biggest piece to the puzzle mm-hmm. and, and realizing that there are resources out there to help you, um, I think was the biggest thing that could help me. Um, and also, and you mentioned this in, in your intro a little bit, you know, addiction doesn't just affect the addict. It is a family disease. Whoever is involved in their life if even if it's grandma, grandpa, like you know that they're an addict, get involved. Look into as much information as you can about whatever the addiction is, drugs, alcohol, pornography, food, anything that you can find information about, look it up, the facts about it and figure out like, oh my gosh, because I didn't realize a lot of things about addiction. I was super young going into this and trying to figure out myself on top of it, but trying to figure out and get as much knowledge as I could about addiction was Mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest pieces. And then figuring out, I can't help him. He has to want to be the one. Dang. (laughs) <laughs> man no that, that's deep um i think a lot of i think a lot of people don't know that Completely. that it's like yeah. you know you gotta just be there in love and support yes and it's not about you y'all listening it's not your fault dang it yeah. okay you yeah. are that's huge huge yeah so how can we be of support to someone struggling with addiction like how can we how can we, if we, if we know a loved one, I mean, yeah, educate ourselves and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we be the best support that we can be to those that we know, whether it be our you know, spouse or a sibling or family member, friend? Great, great question. <laughs> Let me know when you figure it out. No, <laughs> I know. Right. I have all the answers. I know everything. <laughs> um, I think Definitely me finding Al-Anon. There are also other meetings that are just like Al-Anon. There are family groups. Support groups. Um, 
yes, there's lots of different support groups. And I and I say Al-Anon just because um, here in Reno, it's a smaller town um, and it was through the Triangle Club and there weren't very many resources 10 plus years ago um, mm -hmm. for at, at least not here in Reno. Um, but I would say the family support groups are huge. Um, but also I think the biggest thing, and we, my husband and I talked to um, quite a few families just because of the struggles we've gone through. Mm -hmm. Families, friends, and kids. Like we have helped so many people on our couch. And the biggest thing that my husband will reiterate to them is just love them. And I think that's the hardest part. <laughs> yep. Give them love and let them know that you're there. Yeah. But there has to be boundaries. And yes. I think boundaries is the biggest thing. And everybody's boundaries and things are different. Mm -hmm. And but I think the biggest thing is love and boundaries. But just love them. Yeah. Just love them and be there. Um, as much as we want to help them and say why can't you just do this why don't you do this love them and support them that's the biggest thing i would think i love that love them and support them guys um slightly change gears but not really um throughout all this did social media ever play an influence i mean i know you guys are on the younger the older side of the spectrum as far yes, as like technology goes <laughs> so honestly my husband hates social media <laughs> oh for why <laughs> oh my god he he recognizes that part that side of him he recognizes that and he is just like i can't we actually talked about this a few weeks ago because i'm like why aren't you even like on there he's he has he was on facebook for like a week <laughs> and had ex-girlfriends sending him emails and stuff and he was like oh, yeah, fun. <laughs> so he just he recognizes that he has an addictive personality and mm. he he has his own boundaries and that is one and he honestly just he's not a fan of it he doesn't understand it he sees what i do because most of my work is social media um and so he sees that side of it but he recognizes that he that's one thing that he's like nope i'm just i'm not even gonna go there so yeah not worth it guys not yeah. worth it not at all not at all and yeah. and easy to say from you know the older side of the spectrum but just recognizing that he understands that the reason I've talked his ear off and just with our kids and things and our experience with our daughter, um, that we're just like, you know what, that's just, that's one thing that he's like, nope, I'm good without it. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Abso and he survives and he's alive and he has friends and he does great at work and he doesn't have social media. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. It's a miracle. <laughs> Well, this has been such a good conversation. I think it's one that we all need to have a little bit more with our kids about addiction, about, you know, mental health, stuff like that. Cause a lot of times 
kids don't think it's real until it's happening to them. And so if we can educate each other and educate our families early on, it is going to do the world of difference so that if and when there is a crisis with a loved one that is struggling with addiction, um, because it will affect the whole family, the whole family can be prepared. Oh, yeah, we're we're very open. I mean, our our oldest will be 12 this year, but we have had we're a very open, communicative <laughs> family. We talk very open about things. Um, his addiction, she knows about the struggles he went through, and he has had amazing talks with her about his addiction and his struggles. And so it's it's actually been a huge blessing. And we're, I mean, it sounds crazy, but on one on on one hand, it's we're grateful for a lot of these struggles because we have these convert hard conversations with our kids that mm-hmm. otherwise we probably would not have. Yeah. Do you think that um, through your husband sharing his struggles with your kids, it's uh, it strengthened their relationship with each other? Totally. Totally. Yeah. My my husband's relationship with our our kids is amazing, um, especially our oldest, because like I, I said, she's one that helped kind of snap him out of it mm-hmm. um, and just helped him focus on other things besides his addiction and things. So it has definitely strengthened that relationship for sure. For sure. I, lo- I love hearing that. A lot of people tend to try and hide um, and not share, mm-hmm. kind of bottle up their struggles. And because they're scared that sharing their struggles is somehow going to break the relationships that they have with people. Right. When in actuality that it, I mean, as we process and talk about our struggles, it strengthens the relationships that we have with our loved ones Yeah, um, because we help to heal with each other instead of dealing it out at each other. Exactly. Yep. Man. Well, thank you so much. So how can people check in and see what you're up to? Shameless plug time. Shameless plug. Well, I do have an Instagram. I do have a social media. <laughs> um, I actually started it a few years ago. I actually have done makeup and things my whole entire life, grew up dancing and just, that's my form of art is, was my makeup, is my makeup and and hair and things like that. Um, But throughout the years of our struggles and our daughter getting older and having struggles with um, online predators and things with her and um, my husband's addiction, I just have this strong feeling that the things that we have gone through um, and are going through need to be shared. Other people need to know that they're not the only ones out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the information, I just think people need, our struggles need to be shared so that people know oh my goodness, I'm not the only one. Um, And I did talk to my husband and I just flat out was like, I feel like I need to talk about these things, you know? Mm -hmm. And so on my Instagram, it's Tony, T-O-N-I underscore Ludlow. Um, I kind of reverted. It was just like my beauty page, but I'm like, I need to share more. There's Mm -hmm. so much going on that other people need to know about. 
And so I've kind of switched gears over this past year and have just been sharing um, more of the things that we've gone through um, with addiction. And um, my daughter, I, I talked about, um, had issues with an online predator. And so how we've navigated the addiction side and then also with addiction, like with my spouse, but also the things we're going through with our kids, yeah. you know, and people need to know these things. So, yeah. And th this is a whole nother can of worms, but I'm curious what social, what social media <laughs> platform um, was the predator that your daughter had was on? It wasn't even a social media platform. It was an online game. During oh my gosh. COVID lockdown. Really? Was it Fortnite? Yes. It was not. It what? wasn't. It was. It, I know. I know. And and that's what's crazy about the whole story is because I have been a Colin Kirchner follower from like the beginning and I'm crazy about that. Um, just phone kids and phones and things, but with the lockdown thing, she got onto some stupid online game and apparently there was a chat feature in it that nobody knew about. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, a story. Yeah. Uh, so we're yeah, we're hyper, new. hyper aware over here. <laughs> but Man. that also my with the struggles my husband went through, um, he was an angel for her you oh, know what i mean imagine. so he was able to help her and that's one of the things where i said we need to share these struggles because the things he went through it was always why me why me why am i going through this mm -hmm. and then he's like this is why i'm going through these things so that i can help my children I love that. Oh man, so many good things. So all all of that, her social media, that's gonna be in the in the podcast description. Go follow her. Go check her out. I think as we all see each other's struggles and help each other, we can all grow so much. Um, if you want your daily dose of positivity, make sure and go follow me at bulliesbe.gun. Um, and if you want me to go speak at your school, church, event, whatever, go shoot me an email. That's gonna be in the description. Um, and always remember. You are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.